This morning we're looking at John, the first chapter. And this is where Jesus calls Philip and Nathaniel. Starting in verse 43. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip, he was from the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him. Whom, Mos whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come from Nazareth? I love that because I can just imagine. Can anything come? Really? And Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus said to Nathanael, coming toward him and said to him, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Can you imagine walking up to Jesus and him saying, Behold. I don't know about you, but my knees would buckle and I would probably stop right in my tracks and not know what to say. Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, you were under the fig tree. I saw you. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, as we dive into this message, whatever it is that each one of us needs to hear, whatever it is that each piece of this message holds for each individual one of us, God, we ask that you, you speak directly to us. Whether it's an answered prayer, whether it's God, just show me, God, just tell me, whatever it is, God, let it be so bold that it's as bright as lightning striking in our spiritual world. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen son. Amen. Experience is a very, very hard teacher. I often tell people I have many bumps, bruises, scrapes, and scars from life experiences. But we never fail as long as we keep getting back up. Life doesn't always meet our expectations. I don't know about you, but there's many times I've set an expectation, and when I found myself failing or stumbling... I would lower my own expectations or dumb them down because I felt like I could never reach what God had put on my heart. So when we meet Nathaniel, he has tasted disappointment and he is very much cynical. But Nathaniel has a come to Jesus, a face-to-face -face with Jesus, a personal encounter that changes his perspective. So in verse 43 through 46, Philip, who is very much an enthusiast, meets this cynical person. So this passage starts out with Christ calling Philip. We aren't given many details, but John tells us that Philip responded in faith. Then look what Philip did. He found Nathaniel, and he told him, We have found the one. Nathaniel, however, comes back very cynical. Does anything ever good come from there? 
many people might take this as a reflection of Nazareth or maybe that Nazareth had the reputation that wasn't the greatest. But honestly, Nathaniel was very passionate about Israel. For the Israelites, there was a deep longing and a meaning for what was going on with their nation because their nation was the identity of God's people. It was the identity of God's covenant with his people. And Nathaniel was a good Israelite. He longed for God to redeem Israel. He longed for God to send the Messiah because he knew there would be a new era present when the Messiah arrived. But like so many in Israel, so many of the Israelites, he was bound up in his purpose and his value and his worth based on what people thought of God's people. He suffered disappointments. The prophets and the teachers and the preachers went all through Israel proclaiming the Messiah is coming. But yet Israel was still bound up in Roman chains. So Nathaniel was very jaded. He was very cynical. Basically his attitude was, show me the money. Then once I see it, I'll react. But Philip persevered. He invited Nathaniel to come and see. So notice that Philip was not put off by Nathaniel being cynical. Oftentimes when people are cynical, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. They're really asking the question, doesn't the Bible contradict itself? And I'll be honest, I've had that conversation so many times. People are like, the Bible contradicts itself, so it can't be true. Well, when you take everything at face value, you don't learn the background of what's going on. It's very easy to look and say the Bible contradicts itself. People have looked at Paul and said, Paul contradicted himself. Paul in one place says, no woman should speak in church. Then he turns right around and names Phoebe a deaconess. Okay, Paul, what are we doing here? You've got to learn the background and, and what's behind it. Many make the statement, science has proven that miracles don't happen. But to be honest, there's usually something deeper going on in the heart. There's usually a question being asked without verbalizing it. What makes my life significant? How can I be made whole when I am so empty? How can God clean me when I am so dirty due to sin? So you see, Nathaniel's question was actually smoke and mirrors. He really didn't want an answer. As we move forward to verse 47 and 48, there's a shift. Christ basically disarms the cynical. It might sound odd, but we get a vague sense that Christ somehow is complimenting Nathaniel. And then Nathaniel responds. Because Jesus said two things to Nathaniel. He said first, Nathaniel is a true Israelite with whom there is no trickery. And secondly, he said, he saw Nathaniel sitting under the fig tree. Now, to Israelites, this imagery has two levels. On the surface, Jesus is saying, you are faithful. And I know at the end of this journey, we want to hear him say, well done, faithful servant. But there's another level. It's kind of a play on words, if you will. There's a statement 
of the fig tree referring back to Jacob. See, Jacob was a, a man of trickery, falsehood. We can read his story in Genesis, but he wrestled with God. How many times in our lives have we wrestled with God and then we went, okay, I believe fully, 100%, no doubt. And this is when perspective changed and Jacob became known as Israel. So there's a playfulness here with Jesus and Nathaniel having this conversation. He's a true Israelite whom there's no trickery. But the fig tree, on the other hand, the fig tree was a place of rest and comfort. You see, the prophets of ancient Israel used this imagery of the fig tree to convey a picture of God's end-of-time kingdom. If you look at the prophet Micah, he used this imagery describing that the state of man after the kingdom arrived would be this restful, this peacefulness. And because of this imagery, the faithful Israelites would sit under the fig tree. It was a place that was their prayer and meditation for hope and expectations. It became their place where they would go and sit to have that face-to-face, -to, -face, to meet God in their prayer time. So with Jesus using these two imageries, it conveyed very deeply to Nathaniel the identity of Israel and his longing for deliverance. There was a connection. What Jesus was saying to Nathaniel is, I know your heart. I know you've been praying for the Messiah. I know you're praying for change. I know you want the kingdom restored. We really don't know what Nathaniel expected. We can only read scripture. But for someone who's cynical when it comes to the Bible, they might really expect a sales pitch. They might say, well, if Jesus said, follow me, what's in it for me? They're not reading the whole scripture. They're doing like many of us do. They're picking pieces of scripture and trying to find a whole meaning and purpose in one sentence. But Jesus greeted Nathaniel unexpectedly by speaking directly to his heart. Jesus got past the cynicalism, past the smoke and mirrors, and he encountered Nathaniel on a heart level. Jesus wasn't playing games. I don't know about you, but when we've had encounters with Jesus in our hardest of times, maybe we do throw many things out there. Jesus, you need to show me. Jesus, you need to tell me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And we tell him how to meet us. But we don't go to that spiritual fig tree to meet him. We don't go to spend time with him. But when Jesus revealed this, Nathaniel said, You are the Son of God, the King of Israel. And because Jesus touched his heart, there was a change. The cynical side of him was disarmed. Jesus reminds us that we are designed and created with a dignity, with a purpose. We're given talents and abilities for that purpose. Every single day of every single week, we're not to labor just for a paycheck. We are God's children, his cherished and loved and adored children. There was a man speaking at a conference one time and 
he was talking about disaster relief and all this kind of stuff, and his colleagues were kind of just fading in and out because they'd heard him speak a million times. And he all of a sudden, he stopped, and he got very weary because he felt like his life was in repetition. Nothing was changing. Nothing was better. Nothing was worse. He was just going through the motions. And when he stepped down, in his frustration, he sat by himself. There was supposed to be a meet and greet after his talk, and he's like, I don't want to talk to nobody. I'm done. Nobody interests me. Nothing is fulfilling my life. So he thought, well, I'm going to look godly at least. I'm going to open my Bible and sit here and pretend like I'm reading. And he opens his Bible to Psalm 23. And he says to himself, Psalms 23, jeez. Very annoyed, he says to himself, I have memorized Psalms. I have taught classes on this Psalms. God, why would you open this book to Psalms 23? And then he stopped for a minute. He said, well, at least I can pretend to read and mouth the words. And as he started reading, he said, the Lord. And he stopped. Took a deep breath. He said, the Lord is. And he stopped. And a tear started rolling down his face. And it splashed the page because he knew God was there with him. And he goes on to read, the Lord is my shepherd. You see, he was surrounded by so much. And he was so cynical. His heart had grown cold. But in that moment where he sat under his spiritual fig tree and started reading, God met him. And as people walked by, he became so engulfed with the Spirit that he started crying. And in that moment, Jesus took that hardened heart and renewed his purpose. You see, we don't always know how Jesus is going to use us. We don't always know where he's going to send us. But I don't know about you, but when he sends me, I get more of an impact than the person that he sent me to speak to. I get more of a humbling. I get more of an energized within my heart. And I like to think that that's because I'm at a point where my heart is starting to grow cold in an area. And Jesus sometimes has to take those spiritual paddles and shock me back to spiritual life. Because we all have a purpose until he calls us home. And I've said it once and I'll say it a million times. Our purpose is to share the gospel. From one scarred hand to the other. From one corner of the earth to the other. Because there's always somebody out there that the enemy is saying, You can't be cleaned up. Your sin's not forgivable. Nobody wants you. But our past experiences is what God uses to send us to that person because the enemy's right on that border of making them cynical, making them jaded. We can say, I've been there. I know I've shared the story before where I've been in the jail ministries and, and someone would go in with me that has been in jail. And I have people say to me, you've never been in jail. You've got nothing you can say to me. But then the lady beside me says, really? I spent 37 weeks on that bunk where you sleep. And the air stands still. Because their hardened heart, their cynical, jaded heart, starts to soften. 
and you can feel the Holy Spirit enter the room. It's in that moment where we are the in-between, where we get to re-experience God in somebody else's blessed moment. At the end of this passage, we see that there was such a yearning, but yet nothing was being seen, nothing was being done, and so the cynical side was really taking hold. But Christ makes a promise. He guarantees. He guarantees this, and it, I feel like it blows Nathaniel's mind because it spoke directly to his heart. Christ didn't promise to restore Israel. He promised to open the heavens and show the inner works of creation. This imagery of angels ascending and descending actually goes back to the vision of Jacob's ladder in Genesis. God promised that Jacob would be a father to the nations, a great nation. It's through this imagery that, that Christ let Nathaniel know his plans to rebuild a great nation. Christ didn't take on the, the title of the king of Israel. He took on the title of the son of man. In the Old Testament, it's the son of man which he refers to himself. The prophets refer to him as. But it's the prophet Daniel that used the term to describe the individual who would be given all authority over all creation. As we walk with God, as we grow deeper in our relationship, as we grow wiser because he gives us new eyes, he teaches us. Christ promised the unexpected, spiritual insight. And we know situations, and sometimes we've been the one in situations where we're quick to point the finger of blame. We're quick to point the finger because we've been victimized. We're quick to point at someone else without checking our inner cynical hearts. And while experience is a very hard teacher, we have a choice. We can learn from it, or we can become cynical towards this whole world. Our inner cynic needs to have a face-to-face -face with Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that our inner hearts that are jaded or cynical, whatever area it is in our hearts, God, I pray that it's laid at the foot of the cross. I pray that you find us sitting under that spiritual fig tree talking with you because our inner hearts, our spiritual hearts, are becoming distant from you due to us becoming cynical. God, I pray that if, if there's not a place in our lives where we can sit and talk with you, I pray that the time in our calendar just opens up as wide as the parting of the Red Sea. I pray that each of us sits under that spiritual fig tree and just listens. Because when we stop talking and listen, you speak directly to our hearts. God, we ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen Son. Amen.